0: Good morning, everybody. Good morning, first service. Everybody doing good? Hey, come on, give God a big hand. Come on, let's give him a big shout out. There's the lights. Praise the Lord. You can see everybody's faces now. Hey, uh, just so glad to be with you guys this morning. Can we also say hello to our TC Framingham and online campus? What's going on, everybody? Super exciting. Framingham having a signed purchase and sale agreement. We are, th- we are this close to the keys, everybody, this close to the keys. Framingham, just so pumped for you guys. Man, it was exciting to sign that document. And uh, it's just been a long time coming, and I'm so happy for you guys. And we are, we've are we got big vision for that building and, for more importantly, for that community, the Framingham community. What an exciting time to be alive, amen, and to be a part of Connect Church. Turn to your neighbor and say, I love being in this church. Come on, say that. This is my church. Say, my church. Amen. Well, listen, um, I'm actually the pastor. I'm not the pastor in disguise. I just decided to wear a hat this morning. and you know just chill out a little bit this is my normal look so anyway deal with it Uh, my name is Pastor D Pastor Derek if you don't know who I am and I just want to, of course welcome you to connect and we're kicking off a new series this morning last week we had one of my spiritual sons Pastor Chris didn't you do a great job last week come on give it up PC in the house did a great job. So proud of you. So proud of you. It was awesome. Great message. I told him, my biggest compliment is I'm going to steal your message. You stole all mine, so I'm going to steal yours and take it on the road and make millions. Praise the Lord. No, I'm just kidding. Anyway, uh, let's open with a word of prayer and we'll get going. Amen. Father God, thank you so much for the, uh, the community that we can come together and be together. I thank you for these people that are here this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you. They took time out of their, their busy lives, their schedules, their crazy, nuts lives. We all have them, Lord. And we take time to put you first. We thank you, Lord, uh, for just the principle of priority where we put you first, Lord. And I pray, as even PC said, that, that everybody here find rest in the presence of God today for their soul, their spirit, their mind, and their body, Lord. We just ask for that work to be done in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen and amen. Thank you, Nubia. God bless you. Well, listen, um, we're going to look at two portions of Scripture primarily in just a little bit. Matthew chapter 11 and Luke chapter 5. If you're Bible thumpers, you can just recognize that. But today's uh, series kickoff is called Full Throttle. And uh, we're just kind of using a, a car kind of as our, our analogy for the series. And just kind of likening a lot of our life to driving in a car. Is everybody tracking with this so far? This is is not difficult. This is not, you know, thermodynamics or any kind of major science. This is just a simple analogy. And the idea is that sometimes, you know, as we're going through life, full speed ahead, full throttle, pedal to the metal, if we don't slow down, if we're not careful, we can break down. And and I just see this. And we're in a season right now, summer, where I think it's a good idea to just kind of like time out a little bit, uh, hit the pause button. Uh, let's make sure we're healthy. Let's make sure that we're, we're getting, uh, as PC said, uh, some rest. And, and we have to learn in life, I think, because I don't think it's, uh, um, you know, just innate. But we have to learn sometimes the, the balance, the tension between, you know, uh, the pedal, you know, pushing the pedal and the brake. You know, and sometimes we got to learn how, and sometimes there's a middle ground. Sometimes we have to slow down. Sometimes we have to downshift. Sometimes we have to idle a little bit. Sometimes we just have to straight up stop. Are you guys tracking with me this morning? So this is about getting healthy. Turn your neighbor and say, it's time to get healthy. It's time to get a little rest, right? A little rest. Turn your neighbor and say, don't do it right now, though. Don't take a nap right now. This is church. We got to pay attention. Okay, so. I'm going to be going on vacation. How many take a vacation this summer? Raise your hand if you take a vacation. Okay. If, wow. A lot of people are not taking a vacation. That's, uh, so this is a very timely word. Praise the Lord. Uh, but when I get ready to go on vacation, I actually have, uh, begin, I have begun to learn that I have to prepare to rest. Because if I don't prepare to rest, when I come back, I lose all the rest that I just got. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, you go away to get a vacation, and then you come back, and just between travel and two days back in the rat race of life, you feel like, what did I just do? Like, did I gain anything from that? Was there any gain whatsoever? And I think this is very common for a lot of us. Um, We don't rest in the first place. If we do rest, we don't maximize that rest. We, 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 We obtained it, but we didn't maintain it. And I want to talk about that. Uh, it, may, it makes me think of a story way back. I'm, going, I'm dating myself a little bit. Um, and I remember my wife and I were having a discussion. Do you know what those are, married people? So we're having a discussion about time. See where I'm going with this, gentlemen? My wife and I have a discussion about time. And I was raised if you're not 15 minutes early, you are late. You are late. And so we were always having tension about this, always. And, and so we're late, and uh, we <laughs> are late, uh, and we're going somewhere, and the kids are in the van. This is back when I had a van, and uh, this is way back, and we're on our way, and we're running late, and I'm like, vo- I'm trying to, you know, uh, get there as fast as I can, so I'm, I'm, I'm not in pastor mode, by the way. I'm breaking speeding laws left and right, okay? I am going to get there. We are going to make up for time. If you were around me, I'm an A-type personality. Even last night, I'm coming back from travel. I was in Alabama just for my grandson's birthday. It was yesterday, four years old. My 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 boy Hudson. And, uh, and as I'm coming back, it's like 12.30 at night. I'm like, I can be home by 1.05, maybe 1.07. You know, like, I, I, I got it all figured out. If I, and I'm, I get off the plane. I'm taking off. I've got carry-on. I know where my car is. It's, it's all, and then there's traffic in the Sumner Tunnel. I'm like, ah! You know what I mean? It just, so, tra- so anyway, I'm always moving, like asphalt. is kicking up behind me all the time. I don't walk. You know, I move. And so my wife and I were having a discussion about time, And I'm breaking speeding laws, and she's reminding me that we have kids in the car, valuable possessions, and you're breaking laws. And I'm reminding her that if we were on time, I wouldn't be breaking any laws. And we're both reminding each other of really, really important things that we have to discuss. And then I see this light getting ready to go red, and it's yellow. And so I'm in my 1994 Mercury Villager minivan, and I punch it. Have you ever punched? A Mercury van, like it laughs at you. You know, ha 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 ha. You think I'm gonna go anywhere right now? I'm like, bam, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then all of a sudden it's like, whoosh. You know, and then it, it kicks in like a like a spaceship. It goes into like hyperdrive. You know what I'm talking about, Framingham? And whoosh. And then all the kids in the back seat, gums flying out of their mouth and whipped potatoes. You know, of all the kids in the back. And then it goes red, and I see a cop, oh, no. and I'm like, oh, no, ah! you know, and then all the kids, and all the gum hits the windshield, and, you know, it was it was crazy, and, and, and that picture is like a picture of, I think, of our lives, right, and so, so, you know, normally, it's like, no cop, no stop, right, but there was a cop, so we stopped, and, 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 And and we all get there, and the the last light that I made, the people that were following me zip up right beside you, real calm, like the cleavers, you know what I mean? And they're looking at us like, what in the world is the matter with these people? We're like exactly the same place in life, and they're totally peaceful, and our hair's flying out, and gum's stuck in it, and drool, and it's crazy. And so this is a picture of life where... Where I think we will go to great lengths, we'll, we'll break speeding laws, we'll break, we'll break natural laws, we'll break relational laws, all to try to get ahead. Only moments later, sometimes to be halted by a traffic light, a, a, a cop, or something worse could cause us to have to uh, stop and, and, and hit the brakes by some, forcibly sometimes, by some unforeseen circumstance or... Or in, in our personal lives, it could be an unhealthy choice. Are you with me? Yeah. Yeah. I remember in uh, 2013, I had a health crisis in my stomach, and I had a surgery in my stomach. And it was, it was, it was pretty serious. And some of you guys remember that. And um, this tumor had to be removed from my stomach. But I can remember, it was supposed to be this real small thing and, and uh, laparoscopic, and then it became a major surgery. And there was a portion of cancer, actually, in my stomach. And uh, praise God, survivor of cancer, cancer survivor, been clean all these years, praise the Lord. But um, I remember being in my back, like, I, I went into the hospital to get laparoscopic surgery thinking I was going to deadlift the next day in the gym. If you guys don't know what deadlifting is, it's when you pick things up and put them down. And I thought that was going to happen the next day, only to find that I was waking up the next morning, you know, in bed and, and, and just had a major surgery and... The Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Psalm 23, I will make you lie down in green pastures. It was like a different, like, understanding of this word. Like, if you don't stop, you're going to stop at some point. Because there's some things there that were a little out of order. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm getting where he's going here. And so sometimes, going with this car analogy, sometimes I think that our life might be, our wheels are spinning Things are moving. You might even be going forward. Like you might, be, you might be hitting some balls out of the park right now. You might be making some sales and some deals and, and getting things done. But you could be, in terms of your soul, hydroplaning on temporary momentum. When a person is hydroplaning, everything's going. It could even be going forward. But you could be a moment from a crash. Just minutes from a crash. You could be actually out of control and you don't even know it until the crash comes. Are you with me? And so interestingly enough, we have a model in the Bible that we're supposed to follow and his name is Jesus. And Jesus was never in a hurry. Say that to your neighbor. Say, Jesus was never in a hurry. Okay, he wasn't. He was never in a hurry. Yet, I think he had a lot to do. Like when I look at your list and I look at Jesus' list, your list is like grocery store, get something to eat after church today, go to a soccer game, you know, get your clothes out for work tomorrow. Jesus was like, get up, save the world, three years to do it. Are we tracking with the comparison here a little bit? Is everybody with me? All right. So how do we how do we learn from the perfect driver? Let's, so does, and, and if Jesus was doing, let's say, driver's ed with us, because a lot of times we go into this world and we're, we're, we understand as Christ followers, you know, the old song, you know, like Jesus take the wheel, right? So if we broke our experience as Christians into two kind of experiences, there's, there's the salvation experience where you surrender the wheel of your life to him and he takes the wheel. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. We like that. But I think Christians skip a major step. We understand that Jesus needs to take the wheel. We understand surrender of your eternity. But we we turn around and take the wheel right back. We need to let him into our car and give us some driver's ed, some discipleship on how to live our life. And I think we need to learn how to live our life in particular to being healthy as Christians. Learning how to find rest how to kind of stop, how to slow down once in a while. Are you with me? So let's kind of learn kind of three kind of you know, maybe steps, let's just say, on how to kind of uh, live our life. What would he do? Like, you know, uh, you know this whole driver's ed idea. Like what, w- what would the lessons be if he was giving us driver's ed? Because I don't want to be that person one day that, um, you know, realizes I've, I've lost my kids. You know, I've lost my health. Chris and I were talking about this in the back. Uh, You know, I've lost. Sometimes we're in an attempt to get wealth. We lose our health. I see this happen, but we don't realize it's happening. It's it's this huge kind of accrual of of things that takes place. And so Jesus, again, he models this rhythm life. By the way, not a balanced life. I don't really believe or subscribe in that. I think there's rhythm. You breathe. There's a rhythm. The ocean has a rhythm. Life is supposed to have a rhythm. I think we're supposed to. I think we are supposed to work hard, but I also think we're supposed to play hard too. We're supposed to learn how to kind of how to find rest. And it's interesting. We understand one side of that. Most of us are more uh, prone. Like I don't think anybody has a strong conviction about how many naps they took this week, but we do have strong convictions. That's funny. I don't care what you say, but we do have strong convictions about work like getting work done, making hay while the sun shines, as we like to say sometimes. But Jesus had different promises in the Bible for us. Some of the promises are related to salvation. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. If you pray the prayer of faith, you could be healed. And and he promised us that we wouldn't be orphans and he would leave us the Holy Spirit. But he also promised us something that is oftentimes an obscure promise, but he promised us that we would have rest. So look at Matthew chapter 11. He says this. Matthew 11. I'm reading from the, the Message translation. Some people have a hard time with that, but just deal with it. But it's a paraphrase, okay? So just settle down. It's 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 good. Matthew 11:28 says, "Are you tired?" I already know the answer to that, and you do too, because you say it all the time. How you doing? <sighs> like there's a lot of nonverbal. There's a lot of there's a lot of exhale, not enough inhale in life. You can always tell a person when they're really tired because they're like, <sighs> 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 "You know what I mean?" Like, you guys all getting deliverance from this, or are you getting like stress from this? Like, what's happening to you? So, we, we're good at exhale, but we're not good at inhale. So, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come! I love what Chris said. He didn't even know I was going to do this. Come to me, come to me. He's not saying come to Punta Cana. He's not saying come to the Bahamas, come to Florida. It's not. No, he doesn't say that. I'm not saying that's bad. I think it's great. Like he said, do both. Get a nap and come to Jesus. But he's saying, come to me. Are you with me, everybody? There's a rest that you can find in your relationship with him, and you'll recover your life. Your batteries will recharge, and I'll show you how to take, I love it, a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Then he says, watch how I do it, driver's ed. Learn the unforced rhythms. Oof. Of grace the breathing in him we live and move and have our being I'm enjoying this whether you guys are or not I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly rest is one of the greatest promises in the Bible that we miss that we don't get and so all my kids had to go through driver's ed uh, and, and thank Jesus, they needed more of it, praise the Lord. But anyway, uh, but often again, we skip that step. So Jesus gives us three lessons, let's go. Are you ready, everybody? Yes. Are you enjoying this? Yes. Thank you for the 10 people who for that arousing affirmation. Praise, that. praise God. So driver's ed with Jesus, three lessons. If he was in the car, what would he say? Number one, slow down so you don't break down. Slow down. Some of you are running like a chicken with your head cut off, like my daddy used to say. You're like you don't even know where you're going. You're just running. You're just running. You just, just get up running. Sometimes my wife's like, "Why are you going in such a hurry?" Like I get out. Of, I I don't I don't get out of bed slow. How many slow slow people out of bed? Raise your hand. Slow out of bed. Slow out of bed. Some people that don't get out of bed just raise your hand. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> How many get out of bed fast? Fast. Just jump. Hit the ground running. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now some of that is good and some of that's bad. Some of it is you have purpose. You're 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 a man on a mission. You're a woman on a mission. That's great. It's awesome. There's also another side. It like driven. You know. There can be hidden drivers there that that uh, are, are, you, you didn't sleep well. If you didn't sleep well and you hit the ground running, that can be a problem. Right. Now you got yeah. false responsibility. Now you got some hidden drivers. There's thing, If you slept well and you hit the ground running, good job. Make sense. Yeah. Okay. So he says, slow down. Take a deep breath. What's the hurry? Why are you wearing yourself out? Just what are you after anyway? Like what's your motivation? I love what Jeremiah's dealing with. He's going right after kind of the hidden stuff. What are you trying to? Are you trying to press your daddy? You got daddy issues? Not the. That's the message I did a couple weeks ago. Not that one. I'm talking about like. like are you trying to? You trying to win something back? To get your daddy's approval? What? What is it? What is the thing that's driving you? But you say I can't help it. Uh, I'm addicted to alien gods. What is, what is compelling you to do certain things might be certain addictions, certain, certain drivers. We'll talk about that more in the coming week. I can't quit, he says. Do you know that most of us have this uh, socially accepted addiction? There's a, there is a socially accepted addiction that we have today, and the addiction is busy. It's the number one socially accepted addiction is busy. We literally can talk about that openly. No problem. It's no issue. We can tell everybody about it. And the scripture is saying, slow down. Listen, listen, listen to this. This is huge. Every problem, it might come up on the screen. Every problem that you have is a problem of speed. Every problem. You're going too fast. This isn't just skiers on mountains late in the day. This is people in every aspect of life. You come to a... Uh, a thermal viscosity breakdown. You're, 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 you know the gas lawnmowers? you remember when the gas lawn I, I used to have a lawnmowing business, so it's very real to me, and I, I love grass. Uh, you know, I like to see straight lines, you know, back and forth. Sometimes you have to crisscross so the grass grows up straight. You have to train your grass. You have to train your grass. Some of you are like, what? Only grass I had is I smoked it. But anyway, some of you guys... So I, I'm going to get some of you in this room, one way or the other, when I talk about it. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> but the gas lawnmower, when it was about to run out of gas, it would go faster. And then, boom, knockout, right? That's, that's, that's like, in the car, it's like thermal viscosity breakdown. It's similar. You, you wind up even higher right before you're getting ready to break down. And this happens all the time. Your problem is a problem of speed. It's a problem of speed and you don't slow down you don't take time like in our marriage my wife and I have been married 30 years some of you looking at me it's too young for that you know we got married in the 6th grade it was a scandal we survived it praise yes. god just kidding but but our our marriage to the extent that our marriage is successful it is the the core for us is our friendship number 1 interview my wife number 1 number one thing about our relationship is our friendship but there would be no friendship without time, without time, if we didn't slow down. And, and, and when we're struggling, the core of it, under the hood of it, it's going to be related to that. We're just not getting enough time together. We just have to have that. And, and, and we would see this happen in our relationship where our, our date night would just go away. Or then when it came back, it was like they weren't dates. They were management meetings we got to synchronize our schedule and we have to make sure that we've got this on the calendar and our priorities and get this all figured out. Like, what? What? Where, 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 where are those unhurried conversations that we once had on the back porch or on the couch? Like, where, when's the last time, rhetorical question, you had an unhurried conversation with your spouse? Uh, it's, it's, it's speed. It's speed that broke down your marriage. It's speed that, that affected your, your finances. You were making decisions too impulsively, too quickly, and, and too, too, just like, it was just all emotion buys, logic pays. It was just an emotional response. You didn't take time to count the cost. You didn't take time to just kind of sleep on it for the night and, and evaluate or maybe get some counsel on That's why marketers you know, know that the most, the most key advertising hour of the day is 9 to 10 p.m. Because you're tired and you're not going to think you're not going to think clearly you're not going to make the best decisions during that particular time so your financial problems are a problem of speed your your relational problems are a problem of speed pornography is a, par, is a is a problem of speed pornography is just i want intimacy now i want it now i want it now it is good preaching praise the lord and so jesus is saying to me I, don't, I know that you want to work hard, and, 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 and as men, we're, we're, and women too now. We don't want to be a slacker, right? We don't want to be a slacker. I get that. But Jesus is saying, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about come to me to find rest. So number two, write this down. If Jesus were in the car, what else would he say? He would say, park the car. Park the car. <laughs> we're we're going to make this a New England message, okay? Park the car regularly. Put it. You gotta put it in the garage. I was telling my my grandson this, Zion, just the other day. You know, like you just can't go all the time, Zion. Like sometimes you just have to. Like he doesn't like sleep because I don't like sleep, Poppy. I don't like sleep. I don't like sleep, Poppy. Like no, we like sleep. We like sleep, Zion. We like sleep. Poppy lay down with you, no. And I, I lay down with him. Then he pops right back up again. I'm like no, no, we're gonna. And I just take his whole body and just go. No, we're gonna lay down you am gonna lay it down right now. Papa's gonna tell you a story. Why you, you're gonna, you're gonna be, you're gonna be horizontal during this time. We're gonna be very calm and very still, and and I was, I was, I was, I make up stories. And I was, I started the Star Wars story with s- series with him. I just tell, tell, him the story because I want him to watch it with me. But anyway, but he just doesn't want to, He doesn't want to rest. I don't like sleep. I said, son, and sometimes it's just like a car. You have, do you see the cars going all the time. they, they have to park once in a while. That's why he's sitting in the driveway. You have to do the same thing. We're just like a car. We're just going to sit in the driveway for a little while. And he's just kind of like, I still don't like it, Poppy. I still don't like it. And so, But anyway, this is kind of talking more about getting back to Sabbath, the word Sabbath, the word rest, where you recreate yourself. And I know you've heard this before, and so have I, but you need to hear it again, and so do I. I got now one amen from that. Praise the Lord. Framingham, if you said something, TC, if you said something online, thank you. But this room does not like the word Sabbath. Sabbath isn't just a commandment. By, by the way, Sabbath is a commandment. You guys realize that? You know, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt, you know, murder, you know, thou shalt not take your, your another man's wife, you, sh- you shouldn't bear false witness. All these different things are in the Bible. But the fourth commandment is Sabbath. Sabbath. Commandment. We don't do away with the commandments just because it's the Old Testament, right? It's last I checked. OK, but you can't afford not to. But I want you to see Sabbath, not so much as a commandment, but as a gift. Yeah, right. It's a gift. Genesis tells us on the seventh day, God had finished his work. Genesis 2 his work of creation. So he rested from all of his work. Now, I don't think he I know he I can prove it another time. He didn't rest because he was tired. He rested to show us how important it was. He, he, he wasn't God doesn't tired everybody. He doesn't take naps. Doesn't sleep, okay? Exodus 28 says, Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. So, one of the greatest acts of faith, Sabbath, it's like a tithe. When you give your money, it doesn't make sense sometimes to give to God so He can give more back to you in the natural, but in the spiritual, we know it to be true because you're showing trust. It's a sign of faith. It's an act of faith. When you tithe, it's an act of faith to tithe your time. You do that with the Sabbath, it's an act of faith. When you cease from striving, when you just rest. God's trying to teach you, just like in the tithe, you don't lose, you gain. Wow. You don't lose, you gain during that time. And so where in your week, think about this, where in your week does that come in? Where is it in your schedule? Because I don't think we prioritize that. <laughs> <So glad. laughs> I'm pastoring this morning, and this is definitely not going to be a high-five message. That's cool. On the way out, they'll be like, thank you very much. It was great to see you. I'm going to go home and take a nap. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get you to set aside time in your schedule for this. My father used to say, many people are, they are uh, prioritizing their schedule, but you need to schedule your priorities. Where is it? You know, and I know you got all kinds of excuses, and I'm going to get to those in just a little bit because I can hear those so loudly in my mind. But another thing about s- Sabbath, and this is kind of dealing with the rebels in us, the type A personalities, by choosing to Sabbath, Derek... I am protesting and rebelling against my innate desire to be self-sufficient. I'm speaking to myself right now, but I think I'm hitting a few people in the room. When I Sabbath, I am protesting against self-sufficiency. Because I'm hardworking, and I'm ambitious, and I'm capable. And it reminds me when I Sabbath that he's the great I am, and I'm the great I am not. I'm not as great as him. He is greater than me and greater is he who is in me than whatever I could do in this world by myself without him. Are you with me? So it's where I declare my trust in God. And as a result, then I have to put up, I have to make a plan for that to be in my week. It keeps me, Sabbath was God's way with Israel, the people of Israel. The people of Israel at one time were slaves. Did you know that? They were slaves to work. So he instituted the Sabbath as a result of once slavery. Some of you are so tired, you got to take a nap in church. But he instituted the Sabbath because he was trying to say, I don't want you to be a slave to work. I want you to learn how to cease from striving and let me go to work. So so the Sabbath is not a, a commandment to restrict you. It's a gift to bring freedom in your life. Actually, freedom. It's a sign of freedom. A sign that you're free is you're learning to Sabbath. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Eddie, for the one person who sees. This isn't legalism. This is freedom, okay? And let me tell you something else. This is something I'm learning, but you'll get revelation when you Sabbath. Revelation. In other words, you won't just get information. You'll get revelation when you Sabbath. Sabbath. A lot of you are getting information, that's good, that's good, it's a good message, maybe I'll take a note once a year, this is something I might think about later. No, this is not about head stuff, you'll get something inside you when you begin to Sabbath, because you're not having an informational meeting with something, you're having a conversation with someone, and when you have a conversation with someone, you're not receiving information, I don't know how to say this, but you're getting insight, You're getting uncommon insight into things about you and others. And so I can study for information or I can be with someone for insight. So some simple guidelines for resting. Vacation. And vacations are for recreation. Vacations are uh, for fun, okay? Vacations are necessary for you. Uh, They're critical for you. Most people go on vacation and don't find rest. Most people, because they don't learn how to do it, right, or they don't set the expectation for it. So you don't know how to do it, so you're super stressed when you go. You don't prepare for it. See, I don't prepare to sleep a lot when I'm on my family vacation because it's all about my family, It's more about recreation for me. It's more about the remember whens. I'm setting, I'm I'm establishing memories with my family. I'm not going there to sleep every day. And so I don't get stressed out because I'm not going there to sleep. I'm not going there. Listen, this is hard. I'm not going there to catch up on all the Sabbaths that I didn't take. Are you listening? Hello, order in the court, order in the court. I am hitting some nerves here this morning, okay? All right? So, vacations, you need to have fun. If, if I was to interview you, your 10 closest friends, privately, would they say you're fun? No, he's intense. He kind of seems mean. No, whatever. I don't know what they're going to say, all right? Listen, you need some memories, some fun. Right, And it doesn't have to be expensive either. Some of you are good at this. Some of you do it so much you don't come to church. But anyway, that's why you're out there, not in here. But anyway, that's another story. But I'm going to hit all the toes here one way or another. All right. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. Right now in America, did you know there's 430 million unused paid vacation days? People are paying you to take vacation, and you're not taking it. That's 40% of the work uh, available work, uh, workforce not using their unpaid vacation time. It was a major problem. It's a new disorder. It's a new disorder. To, it's called work martyr complex. It's a new disorder, okay? So whether you're blue collar, white collar, doesn't matter. People are bragging about not taking vacation. I had one guy come up to me not too long ago and say, I haven't taken a vacation in 14 years. And he was like, going to high five me. I wanted to punch him in the mouth. <laughs> And his family would have thanked me because I'm sure they're not happy about that situation. Are you with me? I didn't punch him. I thought about it. So because my my, this is a little family thing, but this is what can happen if you keep going down that road, that work martyr complex, is you associate your worth with your work. That's not, that is not freedom in Christ, everybody. Freedom in Christ is not, oh, because I work so hard, I'm so awesome. Busy people, very important people. That's what people are saying, I'm, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. So, what you're saying is you're a really important person. That's what you want everybody to know. Yeah, I'm VIP, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. It's not freedom. All right, Sabbaths are for rest. Are you guys handling this? Yeah. So for vacations or for rest, the Sabbath was made to serve us, the Bible says in Mark 2, 27. Sabbaths are tough, though, Pastor, with all the kids I have, the little rugrats running around. And, and here's what's crazy. I was talking to Chris about this. Your, when your income, listen, some of the young families in Framingham, I'm thinking about you and TC, too. When your income potential or actual income is the highest, somewhere between 35 and 45, your income potential is at its highest. At that same time, when the demand from your job is the highest because your income is going up, your kids need you the most. Yes, right. Interesting. At the same time, physically, this is a little too much information for some people, but guys, your testosterone is dropping by a percentage point every single year. So your body is actually starting to fall apart. And now, So now you're not spending time with your body, taking care of yourself, keeping you healthy. You're not spending time with your family who desperately need you. And you're working hard to get to something that by the time you get it, you will have lost the two most important things in your life. Your personal health, your marriage, and your family. Oh, my God, my God, my God. You need to fight for it. I don't know how to get it necessarily, but I do know you need to fight for it because because workaholics are taking families out more than alcoholics. It's a problem. It's a problem. Retreats are for reflection. Reflection, how are we doing? Where are we headed? You need a retreat. So you need, you need, you need, you need vacations. Uh, you need retreats. Sabbaticals are for renewal. Some of us, I'm not even going to talk about that. It's a long story. I've only had one in my career. It literally changed my life. But listen, you're not forsaking your responsibilities when you rest. It is for the sake of your responsibilities that you choose to rest. Woo. So, number three, what would Jesus say if he was in the car with you doing driver's ed through your life? Number three, shut off the engine and refuel. Shut off the engine. Just just shut it off. (laughs) So, in in Matthew 11, he gives us his promise. But then in Luke 5, he shows us how to practice this. Okay? Are you with me? I told you I'd go to Luke 5. Is everybody still there? All right, let me tell you what's happening in Luke 5. Jesus is coming out of obscurity. Nobody knows who he is more or less, and then all of a sudden, he's launch pads, uh, miracles, signs, wonders, all kinds of amazing things happen. He heals a person with leprosy, and in the middle of this crazy crazy experience, um, he, he, he becomes a household name overnight. How would you handle, by the way, becoming a household name? What would happen to your life? Like, what would happen to you if you went from, like, you're 18 years old, high school baller, then you went to the NBA? Like, that kind of thing, what would happen to you if you all of a sudden started making tons of money overnight? You know, i got to be careful how I phrase this, but I have people in my life that I was close to, very close to, who lost everything because of success. Everything. And, and it, was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it kind of came quick. All of a sudden, my friend, he, he was a very successful physician, and he solved a problem, a major problem in society. And then all of a sudden, he's being, he's being touted and talked about all over the country, making tons of money. And his wife called me and my wife from a bar, desperate for attention. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. He's not listening to me. And his response was, I gave you a good life. They gave you all the money you could possibly imagine. You need to stop complaining and whining about it. And she, 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 her kids were just suffocating in issues. That marriage is over, destroyed. And I've seen this happen all the time. All this to say, I just see this happen all the time. That some, some, some some way, you become the thing that you're after. You're the household name. You're the new, you're the new, the newest, the greatest. You know, the most awesomest person in the world now. But how do you handle it? Luke chapter 5, verse 15, it says, Yet the news about Jesus spread all the more, verse 15. And so the crowds of people, by the way, and all their demands, all their, all their come on, come help me, overwhelming demands, came to hear him. And again, after 30 years of being in the shadows, you know, uh, he's got his big opportunity. This is his big moment, you know, the sniff of success. And, and everybody's like, heal me, heal me. And he can. And, and they want to be healed of their sicknesses. And if you put this in your world, we all feel sometimes in America, especially, a sense of opportunity comes our way. And like, we have to say no to this and we have to put this aside for a little while because this opportunity is right in front of us and we can't pass it up. It's, it's, it's our now moment and honey, this is just going to be a season and it's just going to be for a little while. Don't worry about it. It's, I hear this all the time. We got to go. We got to go for it. We got to suck it up right now. And basically we end up with the wrong things at the end of our lives. And Jesus, I just would say to you, he had the exact same demands that you're talking about in that story, whatever that looks like, but more, more demand than you did. And in this text, what's amazing is (laughs) we wouldn't think you should take some rest in the middle of this moment. Verse 16, it says, but in the middle of that, out of obscurity, out of obscurity, booming ministry, everybody's coming to him, it says, but Jesus often, Withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Does that sound normal? Does anybody has anybody ever said to you, "Hey, where like imagine they're like, where's Jesus? You guys seen Jesus? Like, there's all these people. There's all this need. Like, where's Jesus? Have you seen him? Would somebody say that about you? Where's Derek right now? Like, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. We need him. Where is he? Well, he's he's alone right now. He's 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 in his special place. Where's that? He doesn't tell us. What is he doing? He's praying. Okay. But Jesus often did this. He had somewhere that he could go. He had a he had a time and a place that he would set aside. And this is, but often Jesus withdrew. This was his normal rhythm to lonely places. He knew how to disconnect. We don't know how to disconnect. We're living in a world with free Wi Fi. It's in our cars now. Free. Like we can't literally cannot disconnect. It's just constant. Part of me loves it. Part of me hates it. It's crazy. And and there's just no sacred times. There's no sacred spaces. We, we're just There's no place where we're 100% self, cell phone free. When we go on vacation, by the way, as a family, we put our phones up for the first four days. Ch- shut off. There's no phone. Just disconnect. They hate it. They hate it. They hate it. I hate it in the beginning. I don't say that, but going on record saying I hate it but I don't say that to them I'm like so good for you it's so good for you just eat your asparagus like it's just it's gonna be fine but but in four days we are loving life we're different people and a lot of times people don't even know how to rest because they they, they can't shut off that's why the quality of our sleep is so bad it, the number one cause by the way of poor sleep is is cell phones our brains are actively, teenagers' brains are actively listening for alert tones and, and, and signals and things like that. And we've taught our kids, I think, more how to listen to cell phones than the voice of God. Because we don't know how to shut off. Shut off. Shut off. Shut off. Shut off. Shut off. So anyway, I'm going to call the worship team to the front, and you guys can get ready to help me out here. But where's the quiet place for you? Where is that quiet place for you? Because I don't want to just have digital conversations with God. I want to have divine encounters with God, divine conversations with God. And I think that comes when we learn how to shut off and and, and be still. Are you with me, everybody? Now, listen, I understand there are seasons. Can we just make sure the season doesn't become a cycle? Can we just make sure the season's not forever? I'm just trying to say fight for rest. Fight for rest. I think we squander time all the time, and I believe there's more of it than you realize that you would have. Um, But I know this. I know you didn't have more demands than Jesus on your life. Whatever it is that you're going through, husbands, wives with kids, husbands with jobs, you don't have more demands on you than Jesus. You couldn't possibly have. And yet he withdrew often to solitary places. And I think the Sabbath, the rest times, it's not a commitment. It's, It's God saying, I want to be with you. It's a gift. I want to be with you. I want you to have real rest. If God so loved the world, he gave his only son. Don't you think God so loved the world, he could give you time? I think he could. I think he could. So why don't you stand on your feet. Let me pray for you. I'm going to show you this final verse. This is an amazing result of this. Here's the power the result that comes from this. So we learn in verse 15 of Luke 5, crowds, people drawing, demanding, pulling, exacting from him, opportunities knocking. Verse 16, he pulls away to pray. Good. Awesome. We could end there. But no, it's better than that. Everybody say it's better than that. It says, verse 17, it says, one day as he was teaching Pharisees and teachers of the law who had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, it says they were sitting there. So in 16, he withdraws to pray. He leaves everything, everyone. But but if I leave, I'm going to lose the opportunity. It won't be there. Nope. Verse 17, after he withdrew to pray, he came back. Guess what? They were all still there. The opportunity was still there. Listen, you're so worried about what's going to happen to your business. You're so worried about what's going to happen to to your situation, to your circumstance, to your dream if you pull away right now. No, if God gave it to you, if he gave you that business, he'll build that business. If God gave you that family, he'll build that family. You put first things first, and it will be there when you come back from being with him. And then it says, and the power of the Lord was present there for him to heal the sick. So when you come back from that, now you have the power of God with you in your circumstance and in your situation. So when we allow God to be more present in our rest, he becomes more present in our work. With every head bowed, every eye closed, TC, my family over there, Framingham, my family over there, my online campus, I'm going to release you at this time. God bless you. I hope this word ministered to you in a big way. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's just be still just for a moment. There's an old song that uh, this guy Richard Blanchard wrote, and he wrote it when he was desperate. He was tired. Many of you are very, very tired. And he just was overwhelmed by life. Many people here are overwhelmed, stressed out. Life's just consuming you. And he left his office, and he went out to the piano, and he began to just play the piano, and this song came to him that some of you would know, some of you old school people would know. It's called Fill My Cup. Fill my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting in my soul. He said, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Here's my cup, Lord. Fill it up and make me whole. If you're here today and you know that your cup maybe is half full or or even empty, and you need God to fill your cup again, your soul to be filled again, I just want you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I want you to pray for me. Come on, come on. Don't don't miss a moment for your cup to be filled. We're going to go into a worship song in just a second and ask God to fill it. Amen. Father, I pray for every person right now that needs their cup. I just think about that man when he went to that piano and he began to pray. And just thinking about what it must have been like. Where was the condition of his soul at that time? And then somehow in that moment when he pulled when he pulled away, when he pulled away from all the opportunity, he pulled away from all the demand, all the need, all the racing and all the running. In those moments, in that moment when he did that, you honored that moment. And whatever was empty inside him was filled. He, he, didn't, he didn't go take a nap. He went to Jesus, and you filled him. Father, I pray for every person that you fill their cup. Lord, not just a little bit, Lord, but I pray you fill it in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that this message, Lord, would be like tattooed to their heart, to their minds. Lord, they not see rest as a command. Yeah, I have to, I have to. I pray they see it as a gift, something they get to do, Lord. And it's something that brings such tremendous, tremendous, tremendous rewards. And I thank you in Jesus' name.